0: Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. This talk is really sort of a personal testimony. I started to call it How God Answers Prayer, but I was afraid people would think that my experience is the norm for everybody. Many people are guilty of thinking that because something happened a certain way with them, it always happens like that for everybody. My mom was sure that you got your hair from your mother because my three brothers and I had hair like hers, not like our dad. But what about guys whose dads are bald and they also lose their hair? Anyway, I'm going to share what God has done for me. And along the way point out some things that i think are indeed more or less universal where prayer is concerned i think probably most of you know that i left the episcopal church in the spring of 2021 debbie and i had no idea what was coming next just that we knew god was leading us to make that decision over the next couple of years we were like wandering vagabonds i think we lived in six different places during that time. We stayed at our son's house about three times, I guess, but I'm only counting him as one place in the total of six. So we moved about nine times. When we were staying in what turned out to be the next to the last residence before coming to Texas, I just started, I decided to start praying about this thing. I won't go into what led me to pray the way I did, but just let me say that our requests should be specific. Now, that's one thing I believe does apply generally. If you need a car and you have six children, you're not going to pray for a Mini Cooper. So every day I asked God for a house with certain features. I wanted my wife to have a nice kitchen with lots of countertop space and cabinets to store everything. I wanted four bedrooms so I could have one for a study, and I wanted us to have an ensuite bath in the master. When I was praying this way, we were living in one of the temporary rentals. It was a a church parsonage, and I think they let us have it for seven months. Naturally, we wanted a permanent place. We were tired of moving. I should point out that when I prayed, after listing my desired specifications, I told God that whatever his will turned out to be would be fine with me. Here's what I want, but the final outcome is in your hands. Well, God provided a place that didn't have a move-out date attached to it. We found a normal rental that we could have for as long as we could pay the rent, but it didn't check all my boxes. It was nice, built in 1880, they said, but had some challenges. <clears throat> a small kitchen, not much counter space, no pantry, and there was no heat in the kitchen, so the floor was cold in that upstate New York winter. No ensuite. There were four bedrooms, so I had a small study, but I was grateful to God and we were happy the year we lived in that old house. At the beginning of November of last year, I got an unexpected phone call asking me if I would pray about taking this church in Kerrville, Texas. I told them I would think about praying about it. Long story short, it turned out to be God's direction for us. Even before it was fully finalized, Debbie had been looking on one of those real estate websites at houses in Kerrville. One of the listings was the house we are now living in. When I expressed interest on the site, the owner called me back the same day. He is a strong believer in Jesus and was excited about the possibility of us renting this property. Now, let me tell you about it. It is on the Guadalupe River, where there is a 10-mile-long river walk for us to try to get in shape on. This part is really something. Every bedroom has its own bathroom. I've never lived in a house like this. David and Benjamin each have their own bathroom. They love it. The kitchen is really big with lots of drawers and cabinets, and something I didn't specifically pray for was the huge pantry. Another thing I didn't ask for was the big laundry room with the large capacity washer and dryer. It has three bedrooms, but I have a nice study at the church, so I don't need the extra room in the house. Very often when I pray for someone who is sick, I quote, Ephesians three twenty and 21, which says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. A while back, I realized that I had been misquoting that. I used to say, God is able to to do more than we can ask or think. But it doesn't say that. It just says he's able to do far more than we do ask or think. Now, I was not asking for a huge pantry or laundry room, but God gave us those anyway. Because he can do more than we ask or think, he delights in doing so. Now, here's one principle that I believe applies to everybody. Don't expect Instant answers. I don't use four letter words in my preaching, but here's one that fits today. Wait. Using my handy Bible program, I counted 16 occurrences of the word wait just in the book of Psalms. That was in English, by the way. Don't know how it would turn out in Hebrew. But you get the point. If there's anything in this world that I don't like to do, it's wait. My doctor shouldn't call me a patient because I'm not. So why does God make us wait? Is he just toying with us? Certainly not. In waiting on God, we come to the place we needed to be all along. At first, we're just focused on what we're asking for. That's normal. And while, as I said, God delights in blessing us and meeting our needs, that's not the main thing. In waiting and seeking God day after day, we come to see that he himself is the answer to all our needs and desires. My friend, how much do you want God? Here are a few verses from the Psalms. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you O oh, Lord my God, who will answer? Notice that he is waiting for God, not some thing. Here's another. For God alone, O oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Now, I haven't been able to run down this exact quote. It's in one of his books somewhere, but A.W. Tozer, one of my top three favorite Christian authors, said words to this effect. We must have a naked desire for God himself and none of his goods. Do you want God himself? Or do you just want what he can do for you? I close with these verses from Psalm 63. "O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Because of your steadfast love, or because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. Oh God, thank you that you meet all of our needs and that you delight in pouring down your blessings upon us. I pray for myself and for my listeners that we will have a naked desire for you and you alone, and that seeking you daily, we will be forever satisfied in your presence. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, my dear friend. Uh, I ask your prayers for us and the folks down here in Kerrville, Texas, at the uh, church called St. Michael and All Angels Anglican Church. And it's sometimes called the England Church of the Hill Country because that's where we are in the Hill Country of Texas. And we thank God that he brought us here. It was a tough move. just I was worn out. Debbie was worn out. But God has brought us here, and he's making his way straight before our faces. And for that, we are so thankful. As always, you can reach me by email at jones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.